Welcome to A Flame for Christ, homilies to set your heart on fire with love for Jesus Christ. My name is Father Joseph Gill, and you've joined us on Divine Mercy Sunday. You know, when Jesus rose from the dead, he wasn't just merely resuming his everyday human life. Think about the things he could do. He could walk through locked doors. His wounds no longer caused him pain. It was, as Pope Benedict XVI said, it was an entirely new mode of being. He was still human, but he was living a life that's truly exalted and no longer subject to the vagaries of this world. So for you and I, who are in Christ through grace, we too are invited to live a new kind of life. So Jesus greets his apostles twice with the word peace, which in Hebrew would have been shalom, which means far more than just peace. Shalom really means wholeness, fulfillment, restoration. When he lives in us through grace, it's not just life as usual with a little Jesus sprinkled on top. Rather, we are changed from the inside out. Our entire orientation is directed heavenward. You know, the Protestant reformer Martin Luther used to use the faulty image of a snow-covered dunghill. He would say that due to our sins, we're no better than just like a pile of manure, but that Christ's holiness covers us like snow covers a pile of dung, so that when God looks down, he sees only the brilliant white of Christ and not our misery. But that is not what we believe as Catholics. We believe that Christ's mercy doesn't just cover us from without, but transforms us from within. We are really restored to that original holiness, fulfillment, and wholeness that we had in the beginning before sin enslaved the human race. Consider, when Jesus appears to his disciples in today's gospel, he breathes on them. Now, I don't know about you, but I'm not really sure what his breath is going to smell like after three days in the tomb. But nevertheless, why does he do such a seemingly strange action? Well, what's the other time that God breathed into creation? It was all the way back when Adam was created and God breathed into him to form him from the ground and breathe the breath of life into his nostrils. So what we're saying is that the breath of God brings us to life. Hence, when Jesus imparts to his apostles the power to forgive sins, he's giving them the power to bring the spiritually dead back to life. But as he does so, he gives them the Holy Spirit. It's significant that in Hebrew, the word ruah is the same word for both breath and spirit. So to restore sinners spiritually dead to life, it requires that the spirit of the living God return to their souls. And he's inviting us to breathe the air of heaven with the life of the spirit within us. So after breathing on them and imparting his spirit, Jesus gives his apostles, who are the first priests, the ability to forgive and retain sins. If we've become a new creation in the image of God, We must then abandon the old creation in the image of sinful Adam. But wait a second. Why does Jesus give his apostles the ability to retain sins? Is it possible for a priest to refuse to forgive a sin in confession? The answer is yes, but only if a person is unrepentant, if their heart is hard and they refuse to change. I've refused absolution maybe four or five times in my priesthood. For example, if a person were to say, Yeah, you know, I'm sorry I got drunk last weekend at a party, but going to another party this weekend is probably going to happen again. I would say, well, wait a second. Are you truly sorry for that? Or maybe if someone's living a lifestyle, such as maybe they're living with their boyfriend or girlfriend outside of marriage, and they have no desire to change that situation. And I would say, well, wait a second. Are you truly contrite? Are you truly sorry for your sins if you don't want to change? Repentance, you see, is the necessary prerequisite for the forgiveness of sins and the new life of grace. It's not like confession is just a get-out-of-hell-free card. Rather, it's a chance to become a new creation in him. And this requires a desire to live like a new creation. 
And this is really precisely the power of God's mercy, which we celebrate this weekend on Divine Mercy Sunday. Mercy takes an old creation and through the sacraments, breathes the new life of grace into them so that they may live like new creations redeemed in Christ. You know, being a new creation in Christ doesn't mean losing our personality, our gifts, our talents, or our passions, or not even losing our struggles, right? We still have all of those, but it means that we offer all those things to Christ for him to live and move through us. And the saints, of course, are great examples of that. You know, I think of the life of St. Ignatius of Loyola, who struggled greatly with sin, but whose mercy then turned him into an instrument of grace for millions. So as a young man growing up in Spain, Ignatius was very fascinated with tales of knighthood and daring. He became a knight mainly just to win the ladies and fought valiantly, even arrogantly, one might say. He wasn't an evil guy, but one who was just completely wrapped up in the things of this world and the pleasures of the flesh and his own vanities and pride. So finally, one day in battle, his leg was shattered by a cannonball. It was a really long recovery, but when he finally got better, he found that that leg was a couple inches shorter than the other one, which meant that he walked with a limp, which meant that he could no longer dance and no longer win over the ladies. So he asked doctors to actually re-break his leg without anesthesia so that it would heal properly. Now this time he was laid up in a hospital that was staffed by nuns, and he asked for some of his, uh, you know, um, romance novels to pass the time, since this was the 1500s and TV hadn't been invented yet. But of course, the nuns had no such thing as romance novels, but what they did have was the lives of the saints. And Ignatius was so bored that he accepted the lives of the saints and began to read them. But you know, in reading these lives, he was struck with amazement. St. Francis, St. Dominic, the early church martyrs, these lives were far more heroic than even his secular novels about knights and adventures. And it struck him that there was no reason why he couldn't follow their example and live completely for Jesus Christ. So when he finally left the hospital some months later, he was a changed man. He went to confession, put his worldly and sinful ways behind him, became that new creation in Christ. And walking out of that confessional, he was restored, changed, transformed by the power of God's mercy. He went on to found the Jesuit religious order, which had a very military-like flair. They were soldiers for Christ, to do battle against sin and Satan through discipline and rigor. God has kept all of Ignatius' unique gifts and purified them of sin and pride and ended up using them for Christ's kingdom. My friends, God desires your shalom, your restoration, your healing, and abundant new life in you. He arose from the dead to raise you from spiritual death. He imparted the forgiveness of sins and the freshness of the Spirit so that you could live like a new creation. All we need to do to obtain God's mercy is ask for it in confession and commit to living for Him who lives forever and ever.